Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. On Thursday, the New Zealand courts handed down a first. The Australian terrorist who'd pleaded guilty to murdering 51 people and attempting to kill 40 more in the country's tragic Christchurch mosque shootings was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. But while this was a groundbreaking sentence for New Zealand, the focus soon shifted to what should happen with this man now that his fate has been sealed. This man was a guest to New Zealand. This man is not one of us. Should we take back the man that hurt our friend and neighbour? And is that even possible considering his sentence? Today, we look at whether our homegrown terrorist should be sent back to where he came from. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I implore you, speak the names of those who were lost rather than the name of the man who took them. He may have sought notoriety, but we in New Zealand will give him nothing, not even his name. As requested by New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, we will not be mentioning the name of the Australian terrorist involved in this story. May his victims be remembered before he is. On March 15 last year, an Australian man who'd spent months planning and preparing that day went to the Al Noor and Linwood mosques in Christchurch to carry out an horrific and senseless crime. His racist right-wing beliefs led him to arm himself with a high-powered rifle and then live-stream the shooting deaths of more than 50 innocent people on Facebook. He was brought down by police in the street, and while he was sent off to await his day in court, the friends and family of those killed or injured in the attack attempted to put their lives back together. Last week, they finally had their chance to confront the man who changed their lives. I want to hear my dad's voice. My baba's voice. His deep belly laugh. I want to hear him tell me more about the olive trees in Palestine. This monster had no right to take my son from me. I have a life sentence now. I would like to say that my 71-year-old dad would have broke you in half if you challenged him to a fight. But you are weak. You are already dead to me. Whatever punishment you are going to receive in this world will never be enough. 
After days of victim impact statements, the New Zealand court handed down a sentence unlike any they'd done before. The convicted terrorist would spend life behind bars with no chance of parole. But as soon as the sentence was handed down, the question was asked about where that sentence should be carried out. We said in New Zealand First that he should be sent home to serve his full-time sentence for life in his own country. Is this really what New Zealanders want? Or could this be more about Australia's tough laws that have seen so many Kiwis with criminal convictions sent back home? The deportations vehemently opposed by the New Zealand government, who say it's Australia exporting its problems. Senior journalist for Stuff.co.nz Marinay Lorenz was in court when the sentence was handed down. Marinay, first, has the killer shown any remorse at all during sentencing? He remained mostly expressionless throughout the sentencing proceedings. He just sat in court. He watched the judge as the judge spoke. When the victim impact statements were being read, he looked at the victims and he listened to them. He would nod here and there, but not really show any emotion. And then at the sentencing, while the judge was sentencing him, he actually said to his observation, the gunman just remains entirely self-absorbed. He didn't offer any apology. He didn't offer any public acknowledgement of what he had done. And the judge said he feels that if there's any remorse that the gunman feels, it is a focus on himself and remorse for the situation he finds himself in rather than remorse for what he had done. So I think in short answer would be no, he didn't show any remorse. Now we've been hearing here in Australia just how expensive it is for the New Zealand government to hold him under the conditions that he's currently being held. What does it look like life for him behind bars right now? Is he in solitary confinement, general population? What does it look like? We don't have a lot of details on exactly what the circumstances are in which he is being held. Because of security reasons, the government obviously do not want to release too many details. But as far as we know, he is in solitary confinement, very intensive security. He is being guarded 24-7. He is obviously entitled to basic human rights that all prisoners are entitled to, such as food, bedding, medical care even contact with the outside world in terms of correspondence and visits with family with the necessary supervision, of course. And there was even a report over the weekend that he is allowed to watch television two hours a day in his cell. But as to the finer details on exactly how he is being incarcerated, we don't know because of the security precautions around that. Was this the sentence that Kiwis were hoping for? Yes, definitely. Definitely this was the sentence I think most New Zealanders were hoping for. After the sentence outside court, there was uh, quite a celebration among the victims and their families. They were so happy that justice had been served. And as the judge also mentioned in his sentencing, a sentence of life imprisonment without parole is so unusual. It has never been imposed in New Zealand before. But if not now, when? So I think... Everyone was hoping that that would happen, and it did. Now, Winston Peters has come out and said that he is backing a move to have this terrorist sent back to Australia. Is he getting a lot of support from the New Zealand public for that to happen? Is that a real sentiment right now? I think most people would prefer to have him sent back to Australia, especially because it is so expensive to keep him here. Like you mentioned earlier, our government has revealed it costs up to 5000 New Zealand dollars a day to keep him incarcerated in New Zealand, and that's just astronomical. 
We don't know the exact details of why they're so expensive, but we know it is so expensive and it's going to cost millions of dollars down the line if he stays incarcerated until his death in New Zealand. So yes, I think most people would like to see him sent back to Australia, but whether that is a realistic expectation, I don't think so at the moment. Has Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern spoken publicly about a move to send him back here or is it still very much a this may happen down the track discussion? It is very much a this may happen down the track discussion. She has said it's not off the table, but she has also pointed out there's currently no legal basis for extradition. And if it were to happen, she also said the wishes of the victim's families would be paramount in deciding that. So there has been no formal request to Australia to do this. And obviously it would mean a law change. So I don't think it is something that's on the cards very soon. So what is the possibility that this man will be brought back to Australia to do his time? Will he ever be able to walk free if he does? And how would they even get him here right now? Associate Professor Amy Maguire from the University of Newcastle's Law School is an expert in extradition affairs. Amy, what's the likelihood that this prisoner relocation will happen? Well, from a legal point of view at the moment, the likelihood is very low because we don't have the arrangements in place to facilitate it. So the only way that it could happen is if we were to make a special arrangement and that would depend on the political will on the part of the Australian government to do something like that. So what steps would we need to take to make that special arrangement happen? Does this have to change a law? Do we need legislation? Or is this something the government can actually do in discussions with the New Zealand government? There are a couple of options depending on what they'd want to do. And I noticed that the Prime Minister certainly hasn't ruled out the option of making some arrangement with New Zealand. One way that we could do this would be to agree with New Zealand that it would become what's called a transfer country under the International Transfer of Prisoners Act. And if we were to make that sort of arrangement, it would facilitate a process that could operate in relation to any Australian nationals who are convicted of crimes in New Zealand. And the concept behind that legislation is really to permit the return of Australian nationals to serve out their sentences in Australian prisons for crimes committed in other countries. The thing about that scheme that doesn't fit this situation particularly well is that a key motivator for it is to support the rehabilitation and eventually the successful reintegration of someone into the Australian community after they've completed their prison sentence. And of course, in this case, we're talking about someone who has received a life sentence without any possibility of parole. So that scheme doesn't fit conceptually because we're not looking to rehabilitate this person to get them back out into the community, whether in New Zealand or in Australia. So the alternative would be for Australia and New Zealand to make really a one-off arrangement. And that's something that's not completely unprecedented. So, for example, Australia made an agreement with the United States to return David Hicks, who had been imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. It was a special prisoner transfer agreement just for him. And I suppose if it was thought by the Australian government that we'd want to show this level of goodwill to New Zealand, we could look to negotiate a special agreement just to return this single person to Australia and guarantee that he would serve out his life sentence here without a possibility of parole. So there's 
no chance then that he could come back to Australia and not serve out that sentence? Would there be a possibility that he could walk free if that transfer occurs? No, because those sorts of transfers are always conducted on the basis that the sentence is confirmed already. So it's not going to be up to Australia to vary that sentence. And of course, in this case, there'd be absolutely no public interest in trying to vary it. So New Zealand wouldn't permit him to be transferred and Australia wouldn't accept him without a clear written agreement that he was to stay in prison for the term of his life. Is there any idea on how they would actually transfer him? What's the usual way to bring prisoners home from overseas? And obviously in times of COVID, we don't even have international travel really happening right now. Could they make an exception to bring him back here? I can't imagine that there'd be any interest in doing that at the moment. I think if they would negotiate this sort of agreement, it would be something that would then be put into effect once the travel restrictions were reduced or, or removed altogether. And it would be a matter of the Australian police, maybe federal police, travelling to New Zealand to accompany the prisoner back to Australia and transfer him to a prison here. Both Prime Minister Scott Morrison and Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton have flagged that they are open to negotiate the return of this terrorist to Australia. Whether he's held in New Zealand or Australia, um, look, we're open to that discussion. That obviously has a lot of implications, uh, these sorts of decisions. And the the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern and I, will talk about those issues. But most of all, we're concerned about what the views of the families would be of those affected. And we want to do the right thing by them. But as of this podcast going to air, there's been no official request from New Zealand authorities for us to take this man back. So until that happens, he remains behind bars across the ditch, as those whose lives he affected continue to try and heal their wounds, both those we can see and those we can't. I doubt peace will ever come to you. I will never be able to forgive you. That's all for The Quickie today. This episode was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri. If you want us to look into a news story for you, find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or you can send us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.